Hello and welcome to the Access of Space Defense and Security podcast. I'm Omkar Nikam, your host for this episode. In this podcast, we explore the latest developments and trends in the fields of space exploration, defense technology, and national security. Each episode features insightful interviews with experts and industry leaders who share their perspectives on a wide range of topics, including the latest advances in satellite technology, space exploration missions, military defense strategies, cybersecurity, and more. Whether you are a space enthusiast, a military professional, or someone interested in the latest innovation in technology and security, this podcast has something for you. Join us as we delve into the cutting-edge research breakthroughs that are shaping the future of space defense and security. Stay tuned. Episode 29 is a continuation of episode 28. So I kindly request you to first listen to episode 28. so that you can very well connect with our conversation in episode 29 thank you and enjoy the episode so what are the key motivations uh, of france uh, yes. in intervening in the african countries oh yes of course um so when we talk about um intervention especially the french intervention i think it um it depends greatly on the on the country um but in this specific case uh, let me talk about the uh, sahel uh, and the counterterrorism operation the french counterterrorism operations there um so when i'm talking about the sahel i mean mali niger burkina faso mainly um and these countries actually from less than 10 years ago they needed the french to protect uh their national interests as like as i've given you the example of uh, the french intervening to support the malian government to uh, regain uh northern regions for example so the french were able so the french were able actually to protect uh, the, these countries and 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 sort of support the the state sovereignty and and, and allow these nations to uh to access their national uh, resources as opposed to jihadis accessing these rights uh, uh resources um also protect uh, uh trade routes between the countries uh, uh and uh, um limit or stop uh, the smuggling of of people um arms and goods from niger to mali to algeria uh um the uh, smuggling route is, is very well known there uh but when it comes to the french i think the main motivation was the regional and and global security reason um so because africa is 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 uh, approximately close to europe uh and france sees itself as uh, as um as uh, accountable for 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 protecting uh, europe from jihadism uh, originating there um because france sees that the presence and expansion of of jihadis whether it was in mali or or any uh, sahel region will eventually uh, have implications uh, uh, on the regional and, and global security uh so you could think of it as uh, you could think of the uh, operation uh, barkan and the french intervention uh, uh, and staying overstaying in mali as a, a preemptive measure um to limit the escalation of jihadis uh, uh that 
might affect Europe and actually will uh, for sure affect Europe. Uh, and this is the reason that the French used to uh, to involve the European countries in the uh, counterterrorism operation that the Cuba task force they they were they were able to convince these uh, countries uh, by saying that you are intervening here uh, uh, to protect the um, for the regional and global security. Um, and uh, uh, France is always uh, talking about wanting to attack tourism uh, uh, at home and uh, to tackle jihadism as it, as its true its roots and uh, prevent uh, uh, to prevent uh, attacks in 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 uh, in, uh, in European countries and and France specifically, um, and also by weakening if you think about it by weakening these jihadist groups and and structures, uh, it becomes. Um, more like it becomes more unlikely for these group to influence uh, sympathizers in in uh, Europe in European countries. Uh, that's why we uh, we are seeing uh, uh, European uh, European countries uh, intervening in Africa because they that would limit the influence uh, that these jihadists have on young people and uh, will eventually uh, uh, end or limit attacks that. Uh, jihadi attacks or terrorist attacks in European countries, similar to uh, the attacks that you we used to see in in France and Belgium, for example. Um, yes. However, um, in recently, like in the last year, probably uh, Al Qaeda, uh, uh, Al Qaeda Amir in the Islamic Maghreb, uh, Al Annabi, have stated that uh, Al Qaeda and JNM. This, the Al Qaeda branch in uh, in in the Sahel region, uh, he said that the group will not be attacking um, uh, France or will not be attacking French on European soil. However, they are a target for the group. Uh, as long as they are on African soil. So the uh, Al-Qaeda attacks in, in Europe will probably not happen as, you know, as, as organized attacks from Al-Qaeda. Uh, but uh, Al-Annabi made it clear that the French will remain uh, a target for this group as long as they are or in, in Africa. Uh, in some cases, and this is not related to uh, Africa or Sahel, in some cases foreign intervention is also very crucial to end severe human rights violations. Uh, and this is an example for Syria. Uh, so you see the foreign intervention in Syria following the uh, uh, Islamic State um, attacks in expand expansion in in Mosul in Iraq and Syria, and the the the. Uh, uh, atrocities that were conducted up, 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 uh, against the Yazidis, the foreign intervention was needed here to end that massacre and 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 end the suffering of, of the Yazidis. Yes. Yep. Uh, I mean, you mentioned about Yazidis. Uh, I was recently speaking yeah. to one of my friends and I mean, like, uh, I have not a lot of people know, uh, but I'm into like screenplay writing as well. I don't do it on a commercial basis. Uh, oh, nice. but yeah so so i'm picking up a topic on yazidis yeah. and you know making oh, try yeah try to write a script on um a short film uh, based on yazidi community uh, but we'll see how things go uh, but it's quite interesting it's to see you know, interesting. how things yeah 
the thing is like i'm i'm the uh, we are all you know as as a journalist i'm also a former journalist uh, you know writing yeah. is something that uh, you know we have to do it's our bread and butter and it's our passion as well so exactly, i'm just yes. trying to yeah so i'm just trying to you know diversify where i wherever i can you know express the things uh, because not all emotional things you cannot express you know uh, through a formal writing in opinion pieces no absolutely uh, absolutely yeah so films are something you know films tv shows uh, writing or you know doing a script writing for this kind of segment yeah. uh, helps you know uh, take out all your emotional burden out of course so, of course yes definitely so i i'm trying to you know no, absolutely. that's script. very impressive yeah. Yes, yes. Maybe I'll I'll get I'll get in touch with you possibly. Please do. <laughs> to, no, yeah, please yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. Yes, like, yes. I don't talk to to some sources, yeah, yes. listen to some testimonies. Uh, absolutely, I can connect you yeah. with some people. Um, I write short definitely. stories, and this is like whenever I'm like fed up with uh, analysis and and news and all of that, I write short stories. <laughs> nice i think it's worth yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes yes we all have uh, these hobbies so exactly. yeah i mean yeah so so just to continue with the conversation i mean we spoke about the failures primarily of france uh, where they have failed uh, and in what ways uh, you explained in a very extensive manner i'm glad you did uh, because this the, this is the perspective really needed uh but you know looking it from the un- other lens uh, can you mm. can you tell us some successful instances uh where foreign forces yeah. not not specifically france but anyone uh, where foreign yes, forces absolutely. have collaborated absolutely. effectively uh with the local government to counter terrorism in africa no of course of course that's a that's an, ex- an excellent question so um there's no like it's good i mean there's no absolute success that's how i view it especially when it comes to long term um deployments there will always be um some sort of controversy um so to go back to mali i mean yes we talked about the failure of operation barkan but also there were um there were some uh, there was some there was some success there uh, so as i mentioned so the french under intervention or operation barkan was able to neutralize key jihadi leaders um especially uh, 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 al qaeda and the islamic maghreb uh, amir drukdel and the is founder uh, abu walid sahrawi uh, however the, as I, as we discussed it did not this did not change uh, uh, how these jihadi groups uh, operate but uh, it was important to eliminate uh, these leader leaders um to talk about success maybe in this case we can talk about when we discuss uh, foreign intervention maybe we can also discuss african intervention uh, yes. so african forces interfering in or uh, make a military action um for the benefit of of uh, an african country um so we can talk here about uh for example ecowas ecowas and how it was involved in various interventions in in african countries yes. uh, mainly to end um, conflict to to bring about peace to to promote stability to end the civil war um, and there are a lot of examples but again like nothing comes without uh, controversy um so to give you examples uh, back in the 90s um 
ECOWAS played actually an important role in um, ending the civil uh, war in Liberia. Uh, and they were yes. able to deploy a peacekeeping mission, uh, which helped restoring the stability and uh, oversee the GDR process. So you could say that ECOWAS ended the civil war or helped end, uh, end, uh, uh, ending the civil war in Liberia. Um, and of course, there were some challenges for the force in, in Liberia. In, um, as I mentioned, it, it's not an absolute success. Um, also in Sierra Leone, uh, uh, also back in the 90s, um, ECOWAS uh, helped ending the civil war uh, and uh, helped uh, disarm uh, the rebel groups uh, or, uh, or and that were in fight with the, the, the authorities there. Um, the same goes for Cote d'Ivoire, where ECOWAS was involved in uh, mediating um, efforts and uh, and uh, uh, deploying peacekeepers uh, uh, in the country um so there are so there are some some uh, successful example uh, but they don't come without controversy just to put it that way all right yeah okay so you know just moving ahead uh, from this generally you know from your perspective uh, what challenges arise from the presence of multiple foreign forces concurrently engaged in counter-terrorism efforts uh, within the mm. same African nation that too? Um, so we have now multiple, in some countries, we have multiple uh, forces deployed in, in, in one country. So we have in... in in Niger, for example, we have the French, the yes. American, and other European forces operating in the same country. Uh, also in Libya, uh, but every country is different. Um, in, in Libya, for example, we can see that um, the different foreign forces have different objectives and strategies and agenda, um, etc. Also, in Niger, uh, we have the same forces, but also... Uh, um, um the like to a lesser extent uh, 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 there's no conflict you know in niger it's not like libya so it's safer than libya but challenges could be the challenges that could arise from having too many forces in one country could be in uh, um the coordination and communication between the forces and the host country uh, which could slow down uh, uh, the work or uh, delay uh, operations. Um, there are actually several cases from Mali where lack of coordination between um, the French and the other European forces, uh, so between uh, Operation Barkhane and the Takuba Task Force, um, it, and also on one side, but also between these forces and the governments that led to uh, delay delays in deployment or even um, uh, diplomatic tension. Uh, we also have a case uh, where Ivorian peace uh, peacekeepers were sent to Mali without the approval of of uh, the Malian government, which led to the imprisonment uh, of the Ivorian troops. But they were uh, um, later uh, released. So uh, these challenges uh, challenges are mostly in communication and coordination. 
um, this is from what I've seen uh, in Mali. Um, the other challenge could be in the local perception uh, of of uh, of these forces, um, and I'll tell you what I what I mean by that. So the French have bad reputation in the Sahel and Mali, and there's like a strong yes. anti-French sentiments brewing for so long in 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 in, in the Sahel. So that affects. Uh, any other European force that cooperates with the French. So that sentiment translates to other European forces. So um, sometimes coordinating or working with the French could could be an issue for the other European um, uh, forces on the ground because they have to also face the same negative sentiment and black backlash, uh, backlash, although they are not the same as the French, they don't have colonial histories there. there. Um, the other thing is would be uh, uh, a risk of escalation and in violence. And, um, and here I'm not talking about the forces that are deployed under the same uh, operation or working in, in synchronization. I'm talking about having conflicting forces. So for example, having Wagner operatives uh, operating in the same area where uh, uh, the French are or the US forces are. Uh, and this could, having two conflicting forces could lead to uh, uh, unnecessary clash similar to what happened in Syria and their resort in 2018. Um, in Mali uh, specifically and before um, announcing the withdrawal of the uh, British contingent of MINUSMA, uh, Russia, the Russian pilots uh, who were assisting the Malian uh, uh, armed forces uh, have conducted airstrikes in very close proximity to uh, the camp of uh, the British contingent. So, so having uh, 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 Russians operating in that complex uh, ecosystem um, uh, um, is definitely uh, would definitely impose danger and has imp uh, imposed danger. And therefore, we are seeing all the European forces withdrawing from Mali because they don't want that unnecessary uh, clashes or uh, tension uh, between their forces and the Russians. Okay. Oh, that, that's that's quite interesting. I mean, you also mentioned about how, uh, you know, if one country comes in which has a colonial past, of course, and has no good no good reputation, it also affects the countries which you know don't really oh, have great. any connection. You know. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's quite interesting. So, so uh, I believe like you need to keep a good track record, you know, that's a kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Because uh, yes. all your partners will have to bear your uh, mistakes with you. Yes. Um, just to like to um, add a small thing to this point. Uh, I think now in Niger, uh, we are seeing... Um, we are seeing a, an interesting dynamic between the U.S. and the French. So when the coup started, the U.S. and the French, as you probably know, they have bases there, they have forces there. They were sort of on the same page and they both uh, were against the junta and they were both sort of pro the military intervention led by Nigeria. But starting from 
early this week, like last week and this week, we're seeing the U.S. detaching itself completely from the French uh, stance and actually working on a diplomatic uh, solution with uh, with the uh, coup leaders in Niger and sort of sort of uh, distancing itself from the French uh, uh, to uh, to you know to to not be associated with uh, uh, a colonial power or or uh, a power that is perceived as as colonial uh, in in this country. So it's actually an interesting dynamic to see now in in Niger between the U.S. and the French. All right. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting perspective. I mean, I believe uh, every nation has uh, that kind of thing, even though, you know, your allies. Uh, this is one thing I believe has changed after World War Two, or I would say primarily after Cold War, uh, mm. after the, you know, the Soviet uh, Union, uh, you know, got, uh, you know, divided into different countries, I would say. So, yeah mainly people have started you know focusing on you know their own national interest i mean even though of united course. states is ally of europe and europe is ally of uh, them uh, you know the, everyone still has an independent stand and i think as you mentioned the us has started keeping some distance with uh, french forces uh, yes. and i believe this is something you know that has changed uh, because earlier i think after post world war 2 Things were more in, uh, in a you know a collaborative and partnership fashion. That uh, you know we have to be united. We have to be together no matter what. Uh, but I think things now the perspective is more about you know self national interest uh, rather course, than anything exactly. else. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's why yeah. in Niger you see that most of the uh, protests are calling for the French to leave the country, and nobody's talking about the U.S. So sort of like uh, the U.S. doesn't have um, the history that uh, the French has. So uh, the U.S. is now like playing um, an inter Arabic, a very smart game of of disassociating completely from the French, making friends with the junta, and 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 working on keeping its forces in Niger. While we might actually see in the coming, um, I don't know, few weeks, months, maybe, uh, we might see a withdrawal of the French from Niger. All right, yeah. And, uh, you know, just, just following, following up on the same things, like uh, what lessons can be drawn uh, from historical examples of, you know, foreign military involvement in Africa, especially when considering the future of counterterrorism strategies? Um, so when it comes to lessons, there are plenty of lessons. I think there are people who have uh, 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 like huge books on that. Uh, but okay. <laughs> uh, from what I've seen, from what I've seen, foreign forces should uh, respect the the um, the national sovereignty uh, of African countries. We're talking about Africa specifically, and also respect like we said um, their customs uh, um understand uh, the differences between uh, between different communities uh, understand the traditions there uh, and foreign forces especially the french uh, should focus on addressing uh, the root causes of terrorism um, as much as focusing on uh, counterterrorism operations um they should also be working on um, 
um, prioritizing uh, uh, working with with the local communities and and, and institutions. Uh, so make more. So make their they have to make their efforts uh, more holistic in a way. Um, you can yes. just have a, a counterterrorism operation on the ground without the accompanied uh, programs to limit the recruitment of jihadis, for example. Um, also, like I mentioned about the dialogue, if there is a space for for uh, local peace initiatives or agreement, agreement, the foreign forces should be open to it. They should be more pragmatic. Uh, they should understand that the the jihadis that they're fighting, they are part of the communities or were part of part of the communities uh, of this country, and they could be reintegrated so always leave a space for local peace initiatives um and the most important thing probably is to um give power to the african countries uh engage them more in the counterterrorism terrorism uh, uh, operations even let them lead on these operations um i i remember in mali at um before the announcement of uh, withdrawal of Operation Barkhane, the Malian armed forces were constantly trying to um, uh, include itself in in the operation in Operation Barkhane statements by issuing statements saying that actually units of uh, the Malian armed forces have contributed to this mission, have or have contributed to this operation. But just look at the Operation Barkhane statement; it doesn't mention at all any involvement of the Malian armed forces. Um, obviously, uh, whoever wants to conduct CT operations or long-term deployments, they should be investing also in education, in in creating uh, economic opportunities, in um, providing uh, reintegration programs. Uh, also, like I mentioned, have effective communication, transparent communication to uh, to make the people understand that these forces, these foreign forces are there to help rather than uh, uh, inflict uh, uh, pain on the locals. Uh, also to show them as a uh, 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 um, um, a foreign operation in mission rather than an occupying uh, force. Um, uh, also, uh, they should be engaging with uh, the local uh, leadership, the tribesmen, the uh, uh, the religious uh, clerks. Uh, they need to understand how these communities work, which is different than how Western communities work. Uh, um, so Operation Barkhane, for example, I don't remember seeing Operation Bar Barkhane in uh, uh, holding meetings with uh, uh, local leaderships. Uh, and although these leadership have uh, have actually power, have uh, their say in their communities, people listen to them. Uh, like uh, if you look at Niger and Nigeria now, for example. So the coup leaders in Niger. We're refusing to meet the ECOWAS yes. uh, delegation. They actually refused to meet the ECOWAS delegation twice. 
since the coup, uh, and they were against engaging in, in dialogue with it, but then uh, uh, local clerics and traditional leaders and uh, religious leaders from Nigeria, specifically from the Hausa ethnic group, visited Niger, talked with the coup leaders, and convinced them to uh, uh, to enter dialogue with ECOWAS. So these leaders actually have more power than political leaderships, which is something that I think foreign forces are ignoring or not understanding uh, properly. All right. Yeah, that, that's that's an interesting perspective, I would say. And, uh, you know, I would like to just uh, not focus because that's uh, not a, a topic on China as well, because China's intervention in Africa is more from an economic perspective. Uh, so from exactly. that, yeah. So from that angle, I would like to just uh, you know ask you, uh, like, what diplomatic and geopolitical consideration come into play when uh, foreign countries decide to you know withdraw or reduce their military presence in Africa? I mean, after successful counterterrorism so, effort. Yes, I mean, at the moment, uh, from what well, yes. Let's go talk about China a bit, and then uh, go back to ask uh, to talk about. Um, the withdrawal of uh, of forces like you mentioned china's uh, uh, engagement in in africa is is driven by economic interest and 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 strategic uh, considerations uh, so china wants uh, to access uh, uh, africa's natural resources and and, and uh, minerals and you know the whole um, agriculture products all the the natural resources that africa that africa has and that that's why uh we don't see a a, a huge um, a chinese uh, military presence in africa except for djibouti and even in djibouti they're also they're only there uh to protect their interests their economic interests protect the the ports that they've invested in and uh, and built even um but africa definitely is a is a is a is a is an important trading partner and it's a um it's a, a important market also for for china and uh, and uh, this is how china behaves in general they work on soft power rather than uh, uh, having boots on the ground they also they always work on and on fostering uh, diplomatic relations and having diplomatic uh, influence in 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 these countries um but to to go back to your point i think now the withdrawal of ct operations is not um is not up to the forces anymore it's becoming a national demand um if 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 that makes sense so it's actually not to france uh, or anyone else to um uh to decide whether they want to stay or not uh, because it has already been decided on behalf of them. The only force that is having support, local support at the moment, is the Russian presence, um, which is uh, uh, which is concerning, obviously. Um, but this is the the first time the Africans are uh, uh, actually uh, uh, nationally demanding uh, the presence of uh, foreign force to support. Uh, their uh, respective uh, countries. These are very critical insights that you provided again uh, on these issues. Uh, so, you know, just yeah. to possibly take a step ahead, uh, how can African nations strike a balance between utilizing foreign assistance in counterterrorism efforts 
and maintaining their sovereignty and self-reliance? Mm, yes, I mean, definitely striking um, a balance is 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 uh, is very um, is very tricky, a tricky matter. Uh, and achieving um, that balance uh, requires uh, careful uh, planning, um, uh, cooperation, and 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 like a whole uh, comprehensive uh, approach. Um, um, there are some like there are some strategies the African countries can consider uh, to to achieve that balance. Uh, so African countries could, for example, um, which they are doing that now, they could reclaim the right to to national city operations. Um, and by that, uh, I mean conducting their own uh, counterterrorism uh, operations and plan their own national uh, counterterrorism strategies. Uh, that uh, outline their 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 uh, security needs or or priorities, um, and also lead them on on let them lead on these operations. As I mentioned to you, uh, that wasn't an option with uh, Operation Barkhane, uh, for example. Uh, they were always on the side assisting with the small uh, aspect of of that operation. Um, uh, they could uh, African countries could also uh, uh, um, uh, reduce rely like reduce the reliance on international uh, uh, forces uh, and work on on building um, their their national forces and 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 uh, prioritor prioritize training for these uh, for forces on um, counterterrorism uh, techniques and uh, uh, collection of of intelligence. Um, so instead of letting foreign forces lead and 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 be the dominant force there, they should get, they should use the force to the foreign force, uh, foreign forces assistance to, to to build the capacities and acquire technological um, tools and and expertise uh, to, for them to conduct their own counterterrorism operations. Um, they also need to probably, this is uh, something that they could do gradually, they could uh, re reduce the dependencies on um, external support uh, uh, and, 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 and uh, focus more on the local capabilities, on strengthening the local capabilities, uh, which will ensure sort of like a, a seamless transition to to the local authorities um african countries should also uh, uh work be working together cooperating together to to share intelligence and and coordinate uh, uh, operations or uh, even uh, secure uh, uh, borders uh they used to do that uh, but with all, all the polarization between uh pro uh, West countries, African countries, and pro-Russia African countries, with all that polarization and fragmentation, and the coup, uh, the coups that occurred in Mali and Burkina Faso, and now in Niger, that that cooperation have uh, been reduced or even put to sleep. So there used to be a, 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 
counterterrorism operation conducted by the G5 Sahel, uh, which is um, um, an institutional uh, framework for uh, regional uh, coordination and uh, cooperation. But it's now it's uh, it's ineffective, and uh, Mali was in fact uh, kicked out of it since the coup. So as an organization, G5 Sahel is is has no uh, weight on on the ground uh, at the at the moment. Um, joined uh, also like uh, this, african countries should seek uh, funds to uh, funds to uh, um, support their joint ct operation um and uh, get get the get the best out of the foreign forces uh, in terms of training and building capacity so the way i see it is that foreign forces or foreign assistance should uh, should support the African countries, but rather in their city operations, rather than dictating what these countries should be doing. Uh, and most importantly, don't let the foreign forces interfere, interfere in, in opportunities uh, of dialogue between uh, the uh, African uh, nations or states and the jihadis uh, on the ground. Interesting. And you know, just because you have even the field experience, I was just curious uh, from even the space technology perspective and even, uh, you know, the terrestrial technologies as well. Uh, and, you know, please feel free to answer this question very briefly uh, because uh, we, we are not focusing on the technology aspect. Uh, but still, uh, I would like to know I'm, and I'm curious, like what role does technology such as ISR, specifically intelligence surveillance and reconnaissance, and primarily intelligence sharing play in enhancing okay. the effectiveness of foreign counterterrorism initiatives in Africa. Um. So yes, uh, um, like obviously technology and, and surveillance and intelligence sharing sharing is very important in all CT operations, um, worldwide, globally, not just in Africa. Uh, but in Africa, we we've seen that uh, the the uh, for example the deployment of of drones have um, uh, massively enhanced uh, uh, the situational um, uh, awareness, uh, especially in uh, difficult to operate areas uh, such as the tri-border area between Mali and Niger and Burkina Faso. Um, or the the border area between Malika and Niger, and this is where the French uh, drones, uh, specifically the Reaper type, were very uh, useful for the CT operations. Um, the same goes for the radar systems, the um, GIS systems, the radio systems. Uh, reconnaissance aircraft, all of that was, uh, all of these uh, uh, were very important to uh, uh, to enhancing the 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 or gain the real time uh, situation uh, uh, situational awareness. Um, also, the technology helps collecting and analyzing intelligence data, um, and. Um, helped uh, identifying trends and 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 potential uh, um, threats and um, so yeah that's in general whatever i can say about technology and surveillance in this uh, area all right yeah and are there any concerns about the long-term implications of 
foreign military presence in Africa, like such as potential backlash or unintended consensus for regional stability. So we are actually now witnessing the 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 consequences and, okay. and backlash of that uh, intervention. So uh, as as I mentioned at the beginning, I can I kind of I kind of feel that the whole uh, rise of of national the of, of national sentiment in Mali, Burkina Faso, and Niger, and the uh, uh, fragmentation between African country is a result of of uh, foreign military presence in in Africa. Um, because, uh, as I said, the French uh, uh, have overstayed their welcome. They did not listen to what the locals want. They did not deliver what they promised uh, uh, to what they promised to deliver. And in return, uh, people had to revolt. Not just people, but also military leaders, young uh, military leaders, had to revolt against the governments that were cooperating uh, with the uh, with the French or foreign forces, and um, replace them uh, with the, what they call a national uh, agenda. So the backlash, all the uh, anti-French uh, 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 negative sentiment that we have been growing for so long, is uh, is is we are seeing now all the the effects of it, the consequences of it. Yes, and uh, you know, just moving ahead. Uh... I mean, from a futuristic perspective, I would say, uh, what trends do you foresee in uh, terms of foreign involvement in counterterrorism efforts in Africa and how these developments might shape the future security landscape of the continent? I'm asking this question uh, with respect to, you know, because we are seeing the intervention, a lot of intervention from the Wagner Group right now. Yes. Uh, so from that perspective, maybe you can tell us even, you know, brief role of Turkey also, uh, even though briefly we can focus on this topic. But yeah, please feel free to, uh, you know, share the insights from your perspective. Um, let me start from Turkey. So when it comes to Turkey, the uh, the interest of Turkey in Africa is very similar to uh, the Chinese interest. Um, so Turkey has in, uh, a political, uh, economic, uh, and and cultural uh, interest in 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 Africa, but also links to 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 it, uh, and and um, it, it, it's also Africa is 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 uh, 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 Turkey aims to strengthen the the economic relation with Africa because uh, uh, um, it's 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 a huge market for trade and construction and energy. Um, and they're also Turkey is also working on uh, uh, deploying uh, 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 humanitarian and development uh, efforts in Africa, providing aid, uh, education, opening organizations in 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 uh, in, uh, in some African countries like in Niger. Uh, they're also working on uh, on uh, 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 strengthening their uh, diplomatic uh, ties with Africa, but at the same time, Turkey uh, Turkey sees Africa as a market for its uh, um, um, uh, Bayraktar drone, which is the uh, 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 an excellent drone with uh, with a very reasonable price. So that's why African countries are buying uh, these drones from Turkey. So it's a great market for uh, for Turkey uh, at, at this uh, point. 
uh, in terms of the trends, uh, the trends that I'm seeing now is the rise of Wagner in 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 uh, in the Sahel region. Uh, so we used to have Wagner in Africa before, but now the presence in the Sahel region is actually quite concerning because the Sahel region is uh, very close to uh, is like bordering North uh, Africa. And any destabilization in the Sahel will affect North Africa, which is relatively also very close to Europe, and will affect it uh, because the, the uh, because it will increase the number of uh, people migrating to Europe, for example, or uh, increase uh, the levels of uh, terrorism and jihadism. Um, so the future trends are uh, uh, Wagner involvement in the Sahel. Uh, uh, the um, rise of uh, national uh, sentiment uh, from uh, African countries in the Sahel, like Mali, Niger, Burkina Faso, uh, and um, um, the, the fragmentation and polarization among African countries themselves. I hope that answered your yes. question, Amkar. Yes, 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 definitely. Like, thank you for these insights. And Primarily, you know, uh, I mean, we have reached the end of the podcast now. Uh, I'm pretty sure that there have been several questions uh, which have popped up uh, throughout the podcast and definitely will be able to create future more episodes as the developments in the, in this region takes place. Uh, but, you know, this last question is uh, mm -hmm. specifically for students, you know, because there are several students, research scholars and experts who uh, listen to the podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. So I would like to ask you from your perspective, what message would you like to give to students and researchers pursuing, you know, their research, uh, their respective research, I would say, in peace and conflict studies? Um, well, um, maybe one one thing probably uh, is, uh, and this is something I've noticed in researchers, they spend a lot of, lot of time, I mean, um, a lot of time focusing on media outlets and 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 studying uh, the theoretical part of conflict and and peace and the, the diplomatic relation and international uh, politics. Um, I would advise students to also focus on uh, on the uh, uh, sentiment on social media and to follow uh, the sources on the ground and to get the perspective from the people and incorporate it in their studies. So. I guess my advice is also um, maybe I'm not in a place to give anyone's advice. Everyone is uh, has their own way of conducting research, but my advice would be to bridge the 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 gap between the theoretical part and the practical part, and to keep an eye always on what uh, people want. So to keep actually a finger of on the pulse of people, how they're feeling, how they're perceiving. Uh, political and military development and um, for them to be able to predict and forecast events because uh, all of the developments that we're seeing now um, have been talked about on social media by local sources, have been uh, uh, expressed uh, uh, by local sources, uh, but it did not. The media outlet did not pick up uh, on these alerts and did not report on it. So this is my one thing for students if they would like to have my um, advice on this. Yes. Yeah. Thank. Thank you very much, uh, Aman. 
uh, for providing Anytime. these insights. And I believe uh, the audience is going to take a lot of key insights on this topic uh, because we have never actually discussed anything about Africa. Uh, we have discussed about several other regions and primarily about, you know, the counter-terrorism perspective of Africa. This is, uh, this is something that was not discussed very well. Yeah. Uh, so this is the we're first time that we, the sur- yeah. we're only scratching the surface, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes. That, that's yeah. why I said that, you know, we'll be recording yeah. few more episodes in the future. Uh, mm-hmm. as, as as you know, the progress uh, goes on with this region. So yeah, thank you very much again uh, for you know, coming anytime. on the podcast. And thank I you hope... Thank so much uh, for having me. We, yes, definitely. I, I look forward to have you again, actually. <laughs> Maybe by the <laughs> end you. of this year, if the you know the progress happens absolutely, on this region, we'll, we can definitely to. record one more podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you very no much. Problem at all. Thank yeah. you. Have a lovely evening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you find our podcast insightful, then please like, share and subscribe. See you in the next episode. Thank you.